What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent-pending movie scale to find the true quality of a movie. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, and today we are reviewing the Disney Plus original film, the movie that everyone has been asking for for the last 60 years, Peter Pan and Wendy. Love that. Has it been 60 years? I don't know. I assume all these original Disney cartoons are like old as heck, so... I think it's been even longer. Um... I don't know how I would know this. 1950-something, though. 1953. 70 years, actually. Happy 70th birthday, yeah. birthday to Peter Pan. Here is a... Uh, oh. Wait. No, yeah. Holding. I'm sorry. 53. Sorry. Good math. What a great way to, to bring it full circle. 70 years later, they make a remake. Live action. Yeah. Great track record for Disney making these live action remakes. Just always knock it out of the park. And I'm sure the the cast and crew... And the author of the original Peter Pan, who was definitely dead by now, <laughs> Scottish novelist J.M. Barry, are very proud of the effort that the Disney Plus crew turned in in this film. Absolutely. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> All right, Ty, so two things I wanted to talk about with you before we dive into Peter and Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy. Number one, thoughts on the Dune 2 trailer. Have you seen it? I have. I'll be honest. I've watched 70% of it. That's kind of weird to get through 70% of a trailer. Customer called. I had to do my job. Okay. Well, why are you watching a trailer at work then? Uh, Because fuck my job. That's why. And you can't respond with the... I ask you a simple question about do the angels run a six-man rotation and you take six hours to respond to me <laughs> i eventually answered <laughs> yes they do <laughs> um yeah i've seen most of it okay. i'm very excited I, the trailer is gonna do nothing for me it's gonna be a very exciting giant space war movie filmed all in imax this time was it not all filmed in all imax last time no only certain like bigger scenes were in imax this one 100 percent imax 
and I'm a hundred percent excited. It's going to be so much. It's just, it's such a fucking cool, big story. Like the whole point of the first one was this movie. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I realized I don't remember a single thing about the first film. Yeah. No, the first film, all that was there for was to set us up for this film. Am I going to have to go back and rewatch Dune one? Yes, you will probably. Oh my gosh. It's it's a fun it's a good enough movie. It looks really cool. Look, it got a respect score from me. Like we did that movie on the podcast yeah. 2021, which I thought it came out 2022. Time is flying, Ty. Before you know it, we're going to be freaking 30 years old. Yeah. Um I gave Dune part 1 a 72. That was a respect 72. That was a game I appreciate game. your craft. Yeah. You got a 20 for visuals. You got a good key element score. Everything else was kind of middling. Now let's see what you do in part two where you should still have the great visuals, still have the key elements, and now hopefully actually tell a compelling story that didn't make me want to fall asleep. Fair. That's all. The first one was just the, here's some information. Also a really cool scene where like buildings explode and ships fall to the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. That's fine. That's all it needed to be. Comes out, I believe, in November, if I'm not mistaken. September. One of the embers. October. December, one of those. 2023. One of the late, it comes out late. November 3rd. 2023, November 3rd, in case anyone was wondering. So that'll be uh, interesting to see if I actually rewatch the first one, if I can remember anything. Or do I just go in and be like, hey, I don't remember much. I know Florence Pugh is in this, and I love Florence Pugh. Yeah, and she is in this. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of people who are going to say, hey, I know Timothy Chalamet's in this, and that's all I need. No, Florence Pugh. Well, that's, uh, there's other people. You're yeah. on the other side. Which, yeah. That's all Zendaya, you Zendaya, don't really care. She's in it. Nothing against her. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that the Dune, like the logo, is just like a, it's like a U just spun around in every different direction? That's so fucking cool. I haven't, no. Let me look. It's like the D is just a sideways U, and then it's a U, and then the N is just an upside down U, mm. and then an E is just an opposite-sided Minimalist. You. Yeah, it's pretty. It's definitely a minimalist design. Pretty unique. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> I was looking back at Dune Part 1 um, when I saw the trailer, and it. I looked, and I was like, damn, that movie didn't make that much money. It made, I mean, it made $400 million, but you would think it would have made more than that. Yeah. Then I remember there was a global pandemic, and that was one of oh. like the first movies that we came back to. It was October 2021, so there was very much still a COVID, COVID uh, yeah. impact on that, so... I forgot about that. That will, happened. Will this one make a bill? I don't know. 750 mil? Probably should at least make that. Oh, for sure. Three quarters of a bill? Yeah. So. Are they bringing Oscar Isaac back? Because I don't know if you remember, but. Didn't he die? Spoiler alert. He's fucking dead. Um, but I love that man and everything he's in. As a ghost. As a force ghost. That's what, Yeah. I mean, this is basically just like Star Wars. So. <laughs> We can do no, that. No, remember, if you call back to our Dune 1 podcast two years ago. <laughs> I don't remember a fucking thing. But. Star Wars was influenced by Dune. Or, yes, Dune was the original that Star Wars was influenced by. Okay. Like the book or Are something you sure? like that. I think so. And then he was just like, what if I did Dune with, like, fire swords? Yeah, how Dune shaped the Star Wars saga by Den and Geek. I'm not going to read that whole thing. <laughs> but Okay. Love that. So, yeah, boom. That's wonderful. It's not Star Wars. Star Wars is Dune. Also, I want to update before I get into my second thing. This is uh, what I just realized. Not realized. I just remembered this. Just a Super Mario Bros. watch since I said it'd become the top grossing animated film of all time. 
finally opened in Japan since the last time we did our podcast. Not as big of a, a reception so far as I thought there would be. Not going to lie. Only $16 million That's since April 28th. That's nothing. Yeah, I don't... That's really surprising me. I mean, that's only... Oh, so that's only April 29th and 30th. They don't have the numbers yet. So, I mean, it'll be bigger than that, but still kind of lower than I expected, especially because that's a Saturday-Sunday. I don't know how, like, cinema usually does in Japan and how, like, the culture of it and all that goes. Um, smaller than I thought, though. Yeah. Worldwide, we're over a bill. Yeah, 1.044. I believe it's, you know... I don't know if it's going to reach all-time status, but it's up there. Um, it is currently 19th for lifetime grosses. Of any movie. Yeah. That's really good. Maybe just domestic? Yeah, that's just domestic. Uh, this article on HiddenRemote.com. This article on HiddenRemote.com, which all of our movie reviews actually are turned into articles on Hidden Remote. Um, this is actually a funny coincidence. This pops up on Google when you look up Heist animated movies. Um, my coworker, Sandy, put together the list. Shout out them. And uh, $1.4 billion Frozen 2. This is not counting the the dumb Lion King where they count those as animated. Okay, good. So it's uh, Frozen 2, $1.4 bill. Frozen, 1.2. Incredibles 2, 1.2. Minions, 1.1. And what did I say Mario was at? 1.04. Yeah. So it would check in at probably ahead of Toy Story 4 because it just says $1 billion for Toy Story 4. So I nope. don't know if it's 1.03 or 1.06 or whatever it is. But Toy Story 4 has a beat right now. Well, it's it, it will beat it. Yeah. It, it will beat it. So Super Mario Bros. currently 43rd, uh, just beating out Despicable Me 3. Okay. Toy Story 3 and 4 are 38th and 37th, respectively. Respectively. So it'll turn into a top five animated movie of all time by the time it's said and done. With a chance to be top three, Incredibles 2 at 1.2 bill. Will it reach number one? I don't know. What's crazy to me seeing this is The Lion King in 1994 made $986 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money when you're talking 2023 numbers, Ty. It's a lot of money. Should Avatar, the first Avatar, be considered the highest grossing animated film? That's a good question. If if people are putting The Lion King... The remake as an animated film, how where do we draw that a live action remake? Yeah, where do we draw that line? Is anything even technically live action? (sighs) Nothing's live, it's all recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, Ty. Um, Just putting that out there. The second thing I originally had to talk about was there's speculation that Margot Robbie was offered the role of uh, Sue Storm, Ty, in the Fantastic Four. Thoughts? Okay. I don't like it. Yeah? I don't really like... She's already uh, Harley Quinn. And, like, yes, she could do both. But at the same time, I want, I want like, a fresh face in that role. I don't know. I just don't want to, like... It's, like, this weird thing. With some roles, it's, like, I don't want big superstars. Because sometimes it's, like, you don't want it to be, like, oh, that's just Margot Robbie playing Sue Storm. You want, like, that's Sue Storm. Yeah, I I don't know if that's fair, but I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little problematic. Oh, my goodness. What are you about to say? <laughs> it's against like white people, so it's fine. Right? OK, um, her accent is very like uh, like Jersey and, and I no, think that's just what she gets typecast. Into. But like no matter what she does, she has that fucking accent. Yeah. And Sue Storm is supposed to be like a like a smart person. Yeah. I don't associate that accent with with smart people. Wow. (laughs) 
I'm just gonna say. You're saying everyone from Jersey's dumb. I I lean that way when I hear that accent. <laughs> I don't think she's gonna be talking like Harley Quinn. I, but that's all she fucking does. I don't know. If she has a different like we'll see in Barbie accent. Y- yeah, but even then, I feel like she's gonna just be like it's gonna be that little bit too, that little East Coast thing where I'm just like, eh, could you really go to space? <laughs> There's also speculation that they offered the role of Human Torch to Paul Mescal. Mescal? Mescal? I don't know exactly how you pronounce his name phonetically. Um, he's the guy who was just in After Sun, which was uh, – he was nominated for Best Actor in that. And I've heard that movie is really, really, really good. And it's on my watch list. Just haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. Are you familiar with After Sun? I'm not. I'm not familiar with Mr. Mescal either, but okay. He looks like he could play that. I'm interested by the ages of these actors. Well, Paul Mescal is what, like 26? 27. Human Torch, that's fine. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can make I, a 27-year-old look like a 22-year-old. How old is Human Torch? He's like in his, he's young, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are we doing origin story? Are we doing flashback? What? We're doing 60s origin story, end of the film. They somehow they get stuck in the quantum realm, and the end of it is them popping out in 2023. To go back to our Ant-Man and the Wasp theory, which was... The Ant-Man and Wasp story with Kang was supposed to be a Fantastic Four movie, and they fucked it up, but still had to do something with Kang, which 100%. now might be a huge fumble because yeah, real Jonathan fuck Majors. Up. Real fuck up. Shout out me for <laughs> defending <fucking>. him vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> I had my information wrong. I had bad sources. <laughs> um, I like the idea of it being like a 60s Fantastic Four movie, and Reed Richards is like the smartest man on the planet in the 60s, and then he comes to modern day. And he just goes to, like, a coffee shop and is just smoking, like, a pack of cigarettes inside. And they're like, dude, don't you know you can't do that? And he's like, what are you talking about? These things are fucking great for you. <laughs> and he says, like, 60s knowledge. It would be hard to explain, like, how come no one's ever mentioned him. But yeah. I, I don't know if it really matters that much. But I think that's a perfect way to do it is you do an origin story in the 60s. They get stuck in the quantum realm. Again, like I just said, I think it, that was probably what Ant-Man and the Wasp was supposed to be, them in the quantum realm against Kang, and by the time they came out, it was 2023. Oh, where'd the time go? Yeah. So, and that's how they get their powers. That's how you can explain them getting their powers, you know. Well, 100%. Yeah, that works great. Um, I will say, I, I don't know why I just thought of this. It just, like, popped up on my my Google. Um, Austin Butler in Dune, going back to that. Mm-hmm. We talked about how he was going to do the Elvis accent yeah. in Dune, and, like, we were making jokes about that a while back, right? I don't think it would, in Dune specifically. I just think we make fun of Austin Butler for his. Office I thought he was going to be doing that in the. El- I don't remember. I thought we were doing that, and just everyone on the internet hopped on that train today, and it really bummed me out because I was like, we. we I think we just joked already. about him doing Elvis. I fucking hate that guy. I have nothing against Austin Butler. Also, uh, James Gunn said that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have the first ever f bomb in a Marvel movie. Star Lord, yeah, claimed it, and that um, improvised, not in the script, really. That's what he said. I don't know. Um, what's his name? Kevin Feige told James Gunn. I don't know if this is actually true, but supposedly he told James Gunn, you don't want to be the first, known as the guy who had the first F-bomb in a Marvel movie. And James Gunn was just kind of like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know who I am, but I like that. <laughs> um, it seems like a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, why not? That's just fun. That's a good time. We're adults here. We can use potty words. One. We can use one. One singular potty word. Apparently, according to this, Kevin Feige allowed James Gunn to kill off any character he wanted in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Love that. They've been teasing a rocket death. I feel like it's not going to happen. Either Drax. way. Drax is so gone. I think Guardians are done, right? 
Uh, yeah. Mainline. I mean, they can show up in Avengers and Thor 5. I don't know. We'll see. James Gunn went on record as, like, not happy with what they did in Infinity War and Endgame and shit, too. Really? Yeah. Like what? He's like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. And, like, Star-Lord, like, not wanting to kill Gamora. He's like, I would have had him shoot her in the face. Ah. Oh, not a I care see. in the world. Just, like, everything people didn't like about Guardians, he was like, ah. I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> but that's just me, you know. Go watch the new Flash movie. I think that goes with Star-Lord not wanting to kill Gamora. It goes with his character. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> James because, Gunn like, just, str- like, struggled to, like, kill his own dad, who yeah. he just met. And then, yeah. you know. Also, James Gunn was, like, very, very heavily an influence for those characters in the writing room on those movies. Yeah. It's not like he just didn't go. Like, Taika Waititi was there for Thor. James Gunn was there for Guardians. Russo Brothers had, like... Everyone was there for their characters. Yeah. Can't just blame shit on other people now. That's such a guy who's already knows that, like, he's already put in his two weeks. That's such a move someone who's already put in his two weeks has done. <laughs> it's like, I already don't work for this company, so I don't give a fuck. You want to get into Peter Pan and Wendy, Ty? Oh, let's talk about it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A remake of the 1953 Disney classic, Wendy and her brothers follow Peter Pan to Neverland, where kids never grow up. However, when Captain Hook tries to kill Peter, their adventure 
takes a turn. Great synopsis, Ty. You Thank were saying you. how it was the most non-Tyler synopsis yeah. ever, and it's probably your best ever because of that. Okay, that hurt a little bit. <laughs> I have been kind of mean to you today, and I don't know why. Just, and I apologize. As soon as I walked in. I didn't say anything mean to you as soon as you walked in. It felt like it. That was a great synopsis, Ty. Thank you. I'm proud of it. It sounds like a uh, AI programming wrote it. Did you put it on ChatGPT? No, I did. I swear to God, I didn't. But that would have been a funny thing if you just kept I'll doing do ChatGPT synopsis until I realized. I'll sneak one in there. <laughs> See if you can catch me. I'm gonna ask every week. You're gonna have to wait like six weeks because I'm gonna be thinking about. It's I'm gonna get it by front you. of mine. No, I'm gonna get it by you. Peter Pan and Wendy. I think your synopsis told more story than the film itself. Ao. Whoa. Um, Peter Pan, a little backstory about Peter Pan, Ty. He first appeared as a character, and we said in the beginning, J.M. Barry, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In J.M. Barry's novel, The Little White Bird, which was a novel for adults. He was in chapters. Wh- why do they have to say it's a novel for adults? Maybe it was a graphic novel. That's what I'm like. Are we like Fifty Shades of Peter? <laughs> in chapters 13 to 18, titled Peter Pan in Kenningson Gardens, Peter is a seven-day-old baby and has flown from his nursery to Kenningsing Gardens in London, where the fairies and birds taught him to fly. He is described as betwixt and between a boy and a bird. Barry returned to the character Peter Pan, putting him at the center of his stage play titled Peter Pan, or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up, which premiered on December 27th, 1904. Dates are mixed up because, you know, it's like a London thing, so they do 27 December 1904 instead of December 27th, 1904. It makes so much more sense, but gross. At the Duke of York's Theater in London, following the success of the 1904 play, Barry's publishers, Hodder and Stoughton, extracted the Peter Pan chapters of The Little White Bird and published them in 1906 under the title Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens, with the addition of illustrations by Arthur Rackham. Barry later adapted and expanded the 1904 play storyline as a novel, which was published in 1911 as Peter and Wendy. Okay. Uh... Well, I got a sadder note to end on. Sorry, I should have just kept going instead of pausing. Oh, no. Jay and Barry may have based the character of Peter Pan on his older brother, David, who died in an ice skating accident the day before his 14th birthday. His mother and brother always thought of him forever as a boy. That got dark. Yeah. That's upsetting. I just wanted to bring up the the history of Peter Pan. Yeah. Because it's just another thing of Disney, like, stealing someone else's thing and then making, like, a is the movie really good or is it just revolutionary for its time film? And then it becomes known as a Disney thing. Was it revolutionary for its time? It was just 2d animation. Well, I think anything back then was, Oh, that's the, if like, you're just making movies back then. That's revolutionizing the movie industry. It's kind of like the baseball take. What's the baseball take? Like you put Daniel Vogel back in 1923 and he's Babe Ruth. Oh no. He's, he is a God among men. Babe Ruth and Daniel Vogel back look like the same person. I mean, when we have discussions like what would Babe Ruth be like, he'd be Daniel Vogelback. He still has pop in his swing because he obviously still hit the ball far. Yeah. He just wouldn't hit it very often. Yeah. You know how heavy a bat Babe Ruth used to? <laughs> yeah, he's not catching up to 99 with a freaking 39-ounce bat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, 38-ounce. <laughs> That's two pounds. It was 42 when he was younger. 36-inch. He's not hitting 80 with that. Well, I think they threw 80 back then. But there were still some guys who threw hard, like Walter Johnson. I'm just saying, like, last year on the Angels, Jared Weaver is blowing it by Babe Ruth. I don't know about all that. 
I think breaking stuff. Thirty-eight yes. to forty-two ounce bat. I think breaking stuff, breaking balls and stuff. Yes, they would fool Babe Ruth. I don't think an eighty-six <laughs> mile an hour Jared Weaver fastball would. I like to imagine him like going to swing and the ball like being a slider, and everyone jumping out of the stands with pitchforks and chasing out of the pitcher because it's witchcraft. <laughs> it's not Babe Ruth's fault either. Like I think if Babe Ruth grew up in twenty twenty three. If Babe Ruth, if, if he'd Xander, never, no, he'd never sniff a baseball field. If Xander is the second coming of Babe Ruth, I think he'd still be good because they think he, there is that natural ability that all the greats yeah. have. It's just human evolution. This man was a fat, out of shape asshole. He never would have been a professional athlete. Uh, Daniel Vogelback, have you seen him? He's pretty fat. God damn, that's a great point. <laughs> exactly. He seems like a nice dude, though. That's why I'm saying, well, by today's standards, Babe Ruth would have been, you know, he would have had a more accepting upbringing. And I think his upbringing was unaccepted back then. Not even upbringing, just he like cheat on his wife and like no abuse idea, people. No idea. I'm a big time anti Babe Ruth guy. I don't know why. <sighs> Going back to Disney and and stealing shit though. Um, uh, why wow. do I Babe Ruth not as fat as you thought? Are we sure? It says six two two fifteen. Daniel Vogelback weighs 270. <laughs> we got to find a different fat player to keep bashing because he can't just like shit on uh, Vogelback this entire time. There's no way he only weighed 215 though, right? The scales probably weren't accurate back then. Yeah, a man's got a double chin. There's no fucking chance he only weighed 215. Anyways, old classic Disney films are the Babe Ruth of the movie industries because... A, they just stole other people's things, but no one made movies back then. So it was just kind of like, wow, look at this. Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Cinderella. Literally everything from like the vintage Disney days is taken from something. Yeah. Except for Mickey. I think that's original. Well, right? yeah, Mickey. But the, what was the first Mickey like feature film? Fantasia? Uh, it was uh, the Whistle Whistleboat. But that wasn't a full Steam movie. Boat. Steamboat Willie. I'm talking a full feature film. <laughs> that's copyright tie. Um <laughs> I don't know. Like, are these classic Disney movies good? Everyone's going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I really like the Peter Pan animated movie. I think it's nostalgia. Yeah, it's a pretty good film. I've never seen it. Well, I have seen it, but no. I don't remember it. It's one of those things I watched as a kid. I don't remember a thing about it other than the You Can Fly song. We uh, Can Fly. Yeah. Don't remember, like, I remember there was mermaids. Wasn't any mermaids in this. There was for, like, 0.2 seconds. They flew over mermaids when they arrived in Nether- Netherland. Tells you what Neverland. I was remembering as a child. Was the mermaids? Yes. Yeah. I remember the mermaids being a very prominent part of the story. No, well, they, they're they in the animated thing more. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Wendy, like, drowns or something, and they, like, save her, That's but what I'm then talking they, like, fight people. Wait, there was mermaids in this? Yeah, for, like, two seconds when they arrive in Netherland, and they're, like, flying in before they're just, like, swimming in the water. Missed like, them. Oh, mermaids, and then they just don't, like, do their part. I just don't know if these classic Disney movies are as good as we want to give them credit to. Revolutionary, yes. Transcending, yes. As good as they, we think they are, I don't know. In like the '90s Disney movies, I think that's that has to be the peak. The the four year run where there was Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and uh, the fourth one that's escaping me right now, but whatever it was, you know the the Renaissance or whatever they call it for Mulan. Disney. I don't think Mulan's part of the core four, but it's in that in that era. I think that era of Disney. When they're making their own stories and everything, that should be regarded the best because all the old stuff is just stolen valor. And now they're remaking them, and it's like, hey, we're remaking a movie that's already not that good that people Pocahontas. think are good because nostalgia. So then we're just – it's a lose-lose. Everyone's going to hate it. 
because it's it's not the original. But then the film itself also isn't very good, so we're remaking a bad film, so we're naturally starting behind. All that being said, Guillermo del Tor- Toro's Pinocchio puts all this theory to bed because his film was fantastic. It's incredible. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Should we wait? Should he just, like, revitalize Guillermo del Toro's Peter Pan? Yeah. I don't know if he wants to keep doing that. And it's, I mean, is this movie, does this take place during, like, one of the world wars? They're in, like, old-timey London. I don't know. I can't tell you. I feel like this takes place during a war. You just got to get Nazis in there some way. Oh, of course. That's the Hollywood trick, Ty. Captain Hook isn't actually a pirate. He's a... War general? What are they? There's a... Don't know the the, the phrase you're talking about. Lead. Lead Nazi. And, like, the poster for Peter Pan says Walt Disney's Peter Pan. I don't like that. Old old Peter Pan? Yeah. Well, that was Walt Disney's version of Peter Pan. And, of course, the film was made after Mr. S.M. Barry, Sir James Matthew Barry, first baronet, baronet, passed away. So, did they get his permission? Probably not. Yeah. This come out before or after copyright laws. So, in thir- 1935, Walt Disney began considering plans to adapt Barry's play into film. So, he first thought about 1935. Okay. Barry passed away in 1937. So what did he do? In 1938, he purchased the film rights from Paramount Pictures. As soon as he died? A year after he died. That feels like dancing on a man's grave. He began preliminary development in the next year. However, following the attacks on Pearl Harbor, Disney shelved the project when his studio was contracted by the United States government to produce training and war propaganda films. The project sat idle in development for the rest of the decade until it experienced a turnaround in 1949. So, that's crazy. It was entered in the 1953 Cannes Film Festival. Did it win? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't think they had like a war. I'm looking. It doesn't look like they had like awards. It was just like a let's go watch some shit kind of thing. These the following feature films completed in the Grand Prix. But I don't know. Oh, official awards. Talk to me. The Grand Prix winner was The Wages of Fear by Henry Georges Clausout. I bet that stinks. Doesn't look like Peter Pan won anything. So should we review the Wages of Fear? It's a sure. nineteen fifty three French thriller. La Salle de la Peau. So what? me and Riley are trying to go to Europe for our honeymoon, and I've made it a commitment to like learn a decent amount of French before then. I have like the very basic building blocks. So I just okay. by the time we by a year from now, I'll be able to say La Salle de la Peau. Holy shit. What? The the main characters in this movie. <laughs> See this? Mario. We'll skip this one. And Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> also Bill O'Brien, which I think is like a notable football name. It is. Where do you see Bill O'Brien? I don't know. William Tubbs is Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Mario, Luigi. You're right. What a tangent. Anyways, Peter Pan, not good. That's my stance. The original or this remake. Spoiler Ooh. alert for my scale. I don't I don't I like the original. Stand by it. What'd you think of this plot slash story, Ty? Let's jump into the scale. Alright, plot slash story, Jay. So this movie has a runtime of one hour and forty six minutes. The original has a runtime of one hour sixteen minutes. Typical because the old animated movie is obviously gonna be as long. Yep, it's way more work to do that. So Which is why they're not very good. Okay, 
Well, we can chill with that. They're Jay. streaming episodes. <laughs> um, so this one it has you know source material to work off of, but not a lot of it. It makes it longer and somehow tells less of a story. I can't compare it to the original because I don't like genuinely don't know what happens in the original. Um, I'm I remember Peter. I remember Captain Hook. Everything I know about the original Peter Pan movies from the Peter Pan ride at Disneyland. Okay. So that's my base level of knowledge. I mean, it's a pretty good representation. It's not <laughs> wrong. Good to know. Uh, I don't know. They go there. They end up at Netherland. Captain Hook sees him. He shoots at him like they do in this one. I think Wendy gets knocked out in the water. The mermaid save her. Peter Pan gets her. He takes her back to the, the treehouse with the Lost Boys. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Native American tribe attacks them, not Captain Hook and captures them and then they go to like a powwow and they smoke tobacco the kids do um pretty cool scene which it would have been in this one and then other stuff happens okay i don't really remember the crocodile does does show up twice though and only shows up once in this movie wasn't he like i remember on the ride there's a scene where he's standing on the crocodile's mouth with like a clock or there's there's like the crocodile eats a clock or something like that right yeah he's got the clock inside of him that's why captain hakes Captain Hook hates the ticking, and I believe the crocodiles who took Hook's hand, not mm. Peter. Didn't they say Peter fed the, his hand to a crocodile? I don't know. They said Peter cut his hand off, but I think mm. in the animated, the crocodile just bit it off. Have I ever told you about Alligator Alley? No. <laughs> Who's this? This podcast is like such a peak into my, I'm 70% sure I have ADHD brain. Uh, I love that for you, though. <laughs> this is like therapy sessions. It is this stretch of let me get this right. I want to make sure I get the facts right because I, I thought this was something that you just made up, but this is a real thing that we can Google. Alligator Alley's real tie. It is the seventy-five freeway. I just want a Wikipedia. Is there not a Wikipedia? Alligator Alley. Here we go. The movie? No. Because there's a movie. It's the I seventy-five in Florida. Lots of alligators. So I'm trying to get this right. Um. It crosses the Everglades by the way of Alligator Alley, a toll road that runs from exit 101 to exit 23. This doesn't tell me. It's like a long-ass stretch of just highway where it's just two lanes, and all it is is just, like, water around the, like, right sides. Like, it's just a bunch of swamps and stuff, and there's just a bunch of alligators. That doesn't feel safe. And there's there's, like, one rest stop, and that's it. So it's, like, 60 miles of, like, nothing. If you break down on the side of the road, you're dead. If you run out of gas, three rest areas, a number of scenic outlooks. Um, there's also a number of small bridges along the Alligator Lowie, which allow wildlife to pay, pass safely under the freeway, especially along the Florida Panther National Wildlife Refuge. Wherever that is, I'm stopping there. I want to see if I can see a panther. There are panthers in America? The Florida Panther. But I thought that was like a sports team. <laughs> That's Carolina Panthers. <laughs> okay. Alligators terrify me. You ever been to Florida? No, I, I haven't. Alligators are terrifying. They can pop though. up anywhere at any time. Like, if they, like, people who just, like, exist around them. Like, have, there's, like, videos of alligators just accidentally biting off other alligators' arms. Yeah. And it's just like a mistake, and he just like goes into the role, and then it's like, fuck, my bad, dude. 
They just I, don't care. I need to have Riley. I don't think she saved it. Showed me a TikTok the other day. Guy was in the Everglades. Turned his flashlight on, and all you could see was like eight different sets of alligator no, eyes. Dude, I followed that guy. He always takes trips in the Everglades. He doesn't wear shoes, <laughs> and he's just always in the Everglades. He calls them water puppies. <laughs> and water it just, puppies. It just blows my fucking mind because he's just like, "Oh, look, all these fucking gators," and I'm like, "Dude, you're gonna die." He's the one with the gut, the water puppies. They're like the most dinosaur of any creatures that still exist. I feel like the chicken's up there, too. No, fuck a chicken. <laughs> Alligators. What about a uh, Komodo dragon? Alligators. That's a dragon, not a dinosaur. Different creature. Well, you and Captain Hook have something in common, then, because you both hate 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 the gators, tie. Did you hate this plot? Now that I'm story? saying this, though, is it a crocodile that's in? I think I believe. It, it, no, I said alligator. You were saying crocodile. And then I brought up gators. It is a crocodile. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm also terrified of them. I will I, never know the difference. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. They're the same creature. The distinction is unnecessary. Fair enough. <laughs> Did I get my score yet? No, you haven't. Other than the original had more story than this, despite being 30 minutes shorter. Yeah. I mean, they tried to make the little twist with James being like his old friend and going and growing up and then coming back. But like, that's a lame twist. Are we sure it's even a twist or is it just another thing they stole from someone's source material? I mean, maybe, but it's not in the animated movie. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, but like James, James Hook, ew, don't be mean. James is a great name. James Hook? Well, he wasn't Hook before. Oh, so he's probably just like James something else. Yeah, he's Captain Hook because he has a hook for a hand. You think Hook takes his first or last name? It's It's just both of them. You just become Hook. It's just one name. Yeah. Ichiro. Mm -hmm. Got it. I give it a seven out of 20. Okay. It, it follows the same story as before and, and you know, this never wanting to grow up, but it just – a very consistent thing with Disney live action is it just does it worse. Because the original is not that good to begin with. It is, but it just does it worse. I give it a four. Okay, that's fine. I feel like nothing happened in this movie. Yeah. They go to Neverland. They fight Captain Hook one time. They fight him again. They fight him again, and that's pretty much it. And then they go home. Well, and that's the thing is, like, the other one, like, you go off, and it's, like, the, the Indian tribe that lives there, Native American. I'm eight. I can say either. That lives there, and, like, you get that, like, scene, and, like, it kind of diverts from just, like, the Hook and Peter battle. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's so short. Like, you get that, and you go back, and it flows, whereas this just feels kind of repetitive, and they were afraid to do the Native American thing, so they just had um, Tiger Lily from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. She's just her friend. Yeah. Their kinda, friend. It's kind of boring. Yeah, nothing happened. Like I said, your synopsis gave me more of a story than this film did. Um, and I don't really know who this is catering to. Maybe it's catering to young children. Maybe they, they like it. And it's, you know, more entertaining. Um, I could sure as hell tell you the, the audience, which are mostly adults, because I don't think a child is leaving a review on Rotten Tomatoes, aren't liking it because it has a 15% audience score. But then again, it has a 65 critic. So, like, I don't even know what to believe right now. Critics other, are stupid. We know this. Other than this plot, it felt like nothing happened. It, it really, like, I don't know. I get not every movie can have, like, a groundbreaking plot and all that stuff. But, like, this, I don't know. It's just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. I <laughs> Like, again, not every movie can have a groundbreaking plot. But, like, if you're going to redo these kind of movies, like, do something original. Otherwise, it's just so obviously a money grab. 
Yeah. Like, it just doesn't need to be made. It's This movie literally already exists. Yeah. You don't need to pay people to just reenact what already exists. Well, like, do something different and original. And they did, like, the tiniest little fucking bit with the hook twist. But do more than that. Tell me a fun story. Well, now we're in a writer's freaking strike, so we might get yeah. more crap like this. No, but Spin Zone J, I think this might be good for us. Oh, you're going to become a writer? Yeah. You're going to be the there's jerk? A, there's an empty void, and they need someone, and I will be such what is a scab you'll Cross be the like picket I, line? i'll take 90 percent of their salary like i will write whatever you need me to write <laughs> right now <laughs> now's your chance ty no i think this could be good for Go us Go kiss some some studio big wigs yeah key elements <laughs> it's a peter pan movie yes peter pan's in it he is tinkerbell's in it oh, wendy's I, in it it's a peter pan and wendy movie correct sorry yeah tinkerbell's in it yep lost boys are in you it you did this like two weeks ago with renfield where you said it was a dracula movie and it's just <laughs> It's a Renfield movie. They're all in it. They go to Neverland. Captain Hook's in it. Yes. What'd you give it? I'm pretty low on this. Um, yeah. I Peter Pan is like one of my more enjoyable Disney movies growing up. Like, I really like Peter Pan. last time you watch it? Because it's probably worse than you well, remember. as a kid. Exactly. Watch it as an adult. Probably not good. I actually did watch it maybe a few years ago. It's a very quick and easy watch. It's only an hour 15. Probably trash. Uh, it's a good movie. It's good enough. I enjoyed this movie a lot, and this, like, I was okay after it ended, and the more I thought about it, the more it's just like, Captain Hook is worse, Peter's worse, Wendy's worse. Sounds like a character score. The Lost Boys are worse, the story's worse, mm-hmm. Neverland's worse, because you just have Peter and Captain Hook rather than, like, the mermaids and all the other, like, and It's just an parts. island. If I'm not mistaken, don't they at least make it, like... In the animated, it looks cool. I fucking know, dude. I don't remember. No, it's an island on the animated. No, but it like it has like characteristic features that make it look like a far off place. Not just like this looks like an island that could have been filmed in the Pacific, any normal island. Um, no, it's just an island. There's rainbows around it in the animated one. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm looking. Oh, it I up. just, I hit my mic. I hit my mic. <laughs> my laptop. I knocked over. Wow, Ty. It's Great radio. So Meanwhile, I have the exact same pictures up on <laughs> it mine. That's the first result. I have all the pictures, same picture up on mine. It's just an island. Um, If you zoom in on that island, if I can open this picture, I think there's a, like the Indian tribe is on one hill, and then the like the rocks and waterfall are where the mermaids are at, and that's kind of the only like real distinction, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Uh, What'd you give it? Key elements. Uh, key elements. I gave it a five. All right. I gave it a six. Yeah. It's just, it's a Peter Pan movie in, in the sense that there's Peter Pan. Yeah. Those elements are in there, but it's not funny. Maybe no. it's funny to young children. I don't I know. I don't think it is. Story doesn't, it's not like a heartwarming story. It doesn't make you like feel a certain way like yeah. a good Disney movie does. No. The original's not a good Disney movie. Yes, it is. Um, and like you ask yourself, like what is th- what does this movie offer? Is it an adventure? Not really. You're not doing an adventure. You're just fighting the same guy. They call it fantasy. Okay, it's a fantasy movie, but then the island is just a normal ass island that looks like it could be anywhere. Why don't you maybe dive into the fantasy element a little bit more? The only fantas- okay. fantastical thing you have is this freaking shadow moving around. Yeah, yeah, on fairies. Tinkerbell. Barely, though. It's like... Yeah. I give it a six, Ty. Yeah, I just... It, I, I think you you made a good point. Is like, who is this for? Because it's not for kids, but also, like... 
I'm going to say the adults who grew up with this movie, but every adult came out in 1953, but it's a very old movie, but like all the adults who know it, like they're not going to really like, it's fine. I feel like our generation, this is a little of a tangent, I guess, based on what you just said. I feel like our generation is the last to grow up on, and I could be wrong about this, but like our parents grew up on, it didn't come out when they were kids, but you know, my, my grandparents showed my mom you know, Peter Pan and all these classic movies. So my mom showed them to me, like, do today's kids, is our generation showing today's kids the classic, classic Disney movies? I don't know. I, I will be. I've already shown uh, Xander and Kanto, so. But that's not a classic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and Shrek. Shrek's classic. And Shrek, yeah. Not Disney, though. So I feel like there's multiple generations of people who came up with these, like, these, especially because Disney made so many bad movies in, like, the 70s, 80s. You know, that it was like you either watched Lion King and all that or you watched the the classic classics, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. You had to jump a little bit there. In theory, it should be catering to everyone. But so should have Pinocchio. And how did that work out? Not well. Terribly. I just. Another Streets of Disney Plus film, by the way. They're going to keep making money and everyone's going to go watch The Little Mermaid. But, like, just stop. Yeah. Just stop doing it. Little Mermaid looks so bad. It, it does looks so bad. Flounder's such a fish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's take the things that like made the animated movies really charming and everything, and let's just like make it real life because yeah. that's what everyone wants. And and the other thing that's gonna like really be negative from that too is it's gonna be a bad movie, mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, people hate it because it's the Black Little Mermaid and stuff like that." And like, well, there is going to be a group who does that. Oh, yeah. There's sure. also going to be a group that's just like, hey, this is a bad movie. <laughs> Maybe it surprises us. It's not. It's, not. it's going to be a bad movie. <laughs> and, like, I, you're going backwards when you do this kind of stuff. Like, you're setting this actress up for failure, being the Little Mermaid, and knowing that they're going to get hate, and then you just make terrible movies every time you do this anyways. Yeah. So it's going to double down on the hate. Jungle Book wasn't bad. That was a good one. They tried like 10 fucking times before they figured that out, though. No, that was one of the first ones. It was They did Cinderella in like 2011 or something like that. Um, Beauty and the Beast was actually like fine. You know why Beauty and the Beast was fine? They just copied the original and like made the scenes like charming. Like they, they brought the story to life. And like that's what made – that's what makes these films – the idea of these films enchanting is it's like what if we brought this to life? Yeah. But, like, A, you can't do that with all of them, and B, it's just, like, sometimes it's worse if you bring Flounder to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I also kind of liked uh, Aladdin just because I thought Will Smith was a pretty good genie, and I know that's a very controversial take. I thought he was a good genie. Riley hates when I say that. I thought he was a pretty good genie. I think he's my genie. No, okay. Never that, seen the original Aladdin. That's a problematic <laughs> take. <laughs> I just, um, I, I think the whole, like, the idea of bringing these to life is, is like what you're saying, but there's, you can bring these to life without bringing life to these. Great take. Ty. Yeah. Don't make it so realistic. Have fun with it. Yeah. You make it too realistic. People, people hate it. it stinks. Well, it wasn't realistic, but it was just, I get what you're saying though. And jungle book also was like different from the animated. Like it followed more of the book. And that's probably another reason why it was the best one because it wasn't just cut and dry. Or it wasn't just the same bare bones story that, you know, added one or two things like this film and tries to say it's different. Yeah, and also had Scarlett Johansson. It did. Voicing a snake. Yeah. 
So I, 94% Rotten Tomatoes, The Jungle Book. <sighs> it is good. I, I mean, that one's very well done, but it's just so rare that well, it works. They have so many of them that just aren't. They're all bad. John Favreau. Favreau, is that how you pronounce his name? Favreau, yeah. You ever seen Chef? No. Tori had me watch Chef the other day. Real good movie. Is that the one with Bradley Cooper? No, that's the one with John Favreau. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, the live-action remakes, you have The Jungle Book. This is in order of Rotten Tomatoes score. Jungle Book. I'm on the same article. I love this. Pete's Dragon, which was actually directed by the guy who directed this Peter Pan film. I haven't seen it, admittedly. Cinderella, 2015. Rudyard's Kipling's The Jungle Book. <laughs> I love that they got to go back before the live action trend. I don't think that counts. That's not a that yeah. Cruella, which we agree was actually pretty decent. And yeah. you know what made it pretty decent? It wasn't just 101 Dalmatians. It was a fucking Cruella origin story. Yeah. That was actually like Cruella is like kids Joker. Like, I feel like you've said that before. Maybe, but I I love that take. No, it's a great take. <laughs> the second one's probably going to suck cuz they'll probably just copy 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a problem. Uh, Mulan, which we disagree with. Terrible film. Christopher Robin, which is just like boring Winnie and the fine. Po- I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I thought it's like Wannabe Paddington, but I thought it was pretty good. But I don't think it's a remake. It's like a new story just with the Winnie character. The Beauty and the Beast, which was fine. It was cool to see. Boring and fine. Peter Pan and Wendy, which we're talking about now. We'll get to our final scores at the end. Lady and the Tramp, I never saw. And then you get into the rotten scores. Aladdin, you know, didn't get received well. Maleficent didn't get received well. The Lion King didn't get received well. Alice in Wonderland, that was like the OG one. I actually didn't totally mind those, but I was also 12 years old. I didn't. I didn't really. You dressed watched, up as the Mad Hatter. Yeah, I watched them, but I didn't. <laughs> I have a picture. Did I? Yeah, there's a picture of you as the Mad Hatter and me as Manny Ramirez. It's a great picture. Okay, yeah. Sounds right. It's uh, <laughs> such a good photo. You were taller than me. Love that. That was a while ago. <laughs> um, Dumbo. Yeah. The 101 Dalmatians remake from 96. I'm not counting that. Like, it's just a lot of Pinocchio down here with a 29%. The second Alice. Like, these just aren't good movies, Ty. Mm-mm. And it's because they don't have the key elements, the, the Disney heart that's in it. Visual cinematography. Ooh. What's up? I'm just, as a noted Bill Murray hater, how do you feel that he was in the Jungle Book 2016? Favorite Bill Murray performance. Okay. I am on the record. I'm not liking Bill You fucking hate Bill Murray. <laughs> I can't stand that. I'm guy. not going to go into the Cubs 2016 World Series run. <laughs> Visuals, <laughs> cinematography. Look, there was like some like pretty bad like CGI slash not even CGI but just like visual effects, bad blue screen, green screen, whatever screen they wanted to use. Yeah. Um, but I also have a bad CGI TV. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I try not to be too. Like, I don't want to give it a one because it wasn't like absolutely abhorrent. But then again, it wasn't good. So I landed one per point worse than Quantum Mania. I gave it a six. Like, okay. I just, I just, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, I gave it an eight. Um, it's below average for me. The CGI wasn't great. Yeah. I think that it just felt lifeless. Mm-hmm. That's like my biggest issue is like everything felt so drowned out. Yeah. And it just feels like a go to sleep kind of movie. Yeah, like there's nothing to overstimulate you. It's just like such a. I figured it out. Okay, I know what this movie's for. God. It's for parents to put on for their children, where it's good enough for the children to enjoy it, but boring enough for the parents to take a nap. 
got it. It's that's the keep the kid awake, let the adult fall yeah. asleep. Yeah. That's a good balance. Don't know if that's good parenting. I'm sure it is. Why not? <laughs> keep the kid When distracted. Xander's like five, you taking a nap? Is it that or is it giving them a tablet so they can go on YouTube? Let them watch Peter Pan and Wendy. I'm going to give Xander a tablet. Don't do that. I mean, eventually, but no. A no. baby tablet? No. God, no. <laughs> it's gross. A VTech? Do they even make those anymore? I don't know. It's just, it's just, eh, I say I'm not going to be a tablet parent, but I already know, like once my kid's that age and it's like, I can hand them this tablet and they'll not cry and I could just limit it and you know, like don't let them sit on it all day. But I know I'm going to break easy. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) I am not going (laughs) to pretend like I'm not. You're going to fold real quick. Yeah. Okay. So I'm holding out. We're two months strong. (laughs) Good job. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's just nothing special about this visually. It's not very good. Which like, that's like part of the reason of bringing it to live action is like yeah. make stuff look cool in live action. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't know, man. I just think of movies that are like like Dune where they're like, oh, we have to wait to do this justice in live action. And like Avatar 2. Avatar where we have to wait to do this justice in live action. And you have all this time and you go out of your way to take this movie that the story already exists. The only thing you're doing different is the visuals. Yeah. Do that well. Yeah. Make that worth going and seeing. Because, like, the dialogue and the story, for the most part, like, you're just using from something else. Yeah. So the one thing that you're changing, like, make it unique. I agree. You just don't. It's just boring. Bums me out. It's a great point, Ty. What bummed me out as we move on to characters was Jude Law in this film. I like Jude Law. I do, too. I don't know if this is Jude Law's fault. I don't think I'm going to say is. it's not. Yeah, I can't blame him. But he just he wasn't a very good Captain Hook. Um this felt like if you showed Chap GPT Captain Jack Sparrow and was like, "Can you write me a PG version of this character?" and then an AI put it out and that's what you got. That's how I visualized Captain Jack Sparrow? Yes. Captain Hook? No. I think how the Captain Hook character was if you gave ChatGPT Captain Jack Sparrow and said, I want a PG version of this for kids, of this character model, and then this is what it would spit out. Got it. Okay. It was like the writers were like, hey, you know what people really liked? Jack Sparrow. Like, let's kind of lean into that a little bit, but like kids. I don't know. I just didn't like – like, it seemed like a wannabe Jack Sparrow. Like, I'm obviously it's not fully like he's not drunk and all that stuff, but I don't know. I just felt like it was like – we don't really know how to write this pirate character, so let's just kind of take influence from this and but try to make it for kids, and it didn't really work out. Um, I didn't think the child acting was as horrible as I thought it would be, honestly. Heading into this, I was expecting very, very bad child acting, and I, I thought the acting was fine. Like, it wasn't good, but, like, it wasn't Artemis Fowl. Um, I do think Peter Pan, and I don't know if this is in the original, I would have the same feelings as well. The most unlikable good guy in the history of films... <laughs> Like, Peter Pan's objectively wrong in this film about everything. Yeah. He's kidnapping people. Yeah. And, like, just keeping them as children. And then, like, Captain Hook's the bad guy for what? Wanted to go back to home to his mother? Yeah. Like, and usually, then you cut his hand off. <laughs> usually they do, like, the sympathetic villain thing. So it's like, you know, like in Marvel movies, that's a big thing. Like, make the villain actually, like, make sense, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I understand. But then the hero still is the, the good person. It's like, wh- what is good about Peter Pan in this? He's saving the kids that he from Captain Hook that he kidnapped and brought here. Congrats. Yeah. 
I'm anti-Peter Pan now. <laughs> I think they have Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. He's a kidnapper. He's like, hey, if you fucking leave me, I'll cut your hand off like I did to Hook. And he just keeps going back to his old house. Like, hey, I'm just going to kidnap every child who's ever lived here and take them to Neverland. Yeah. It's going to make a joke. Not going to make it. Um, So I was... Was it a Michael Jackson joke? I was bordering on... You should make the Michael Jackson I was going to give it a five because usually I consider one to five as like the care, like the hate. If you do five below, it's like I hate it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I wanted to give credit. They casted a Down Syndrome actor. I don't have his name in front of me. I should have prepared this. In a role in The Lost Boys. Noah Matthews uh, Madofsky. And I think that's really awesome. And they didn't make it like about his disability. It wasn't like, like you know, like they didn't make that part of the story. He played a character. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome. And I will, I always pound the table for representation on this podcast. So that got it out of the hate category for me at a solid six out of 20. <laughs> I respect that. Thank um, you, Ty. I enjoyed that he was in this and that they, it wasn't just like a, he's a lost boy, but he's not going to say anything either. Like he yeah. was, he was one of the more prominent lost boys. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do appreciate that. With that being said, uh, Jude Law's Captain Hook is, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not Judy's fault. It's not, but it's so bad. Just call him Judy. <laughs> Wendy, I think the actress did fine as Wendy. Like, I have no problems with her. Peter Pan, I'll get back to him. <laughs> Look, man, Jim Gaffigan is Shmi. You've never seen the original. The Shmi and Captain Hook banter in the original is the best part of the movie. He just bullies the fuck out of this little man. And Shmi has such a funny voice. And it's so good. And he just is a lifeless, dull, boring-ass character in this movie. And that's honestly the most upsetting part of anything. People are going to bang the table for not liking, you know, Tinkerbell's representation. Because, like, she's a big character. And people love Tinkerbell. And, like, I feel like she kind of was a nothing in this movie. Didn't mention Tinkerbell. Yeah, she literally didn't speak. It was like... There kind of wasn't a character there. Well, she doesn't speak in the other one, but like through the like body language and stuff, there's a character through it. Again, yeah. I'll come back to that. People are going to talk about that. People are going to talk about you know Peter Pan and and them changing the ethnicity of him and whether they like his performance or not. That's all dumb. If you're complaining about that, you're dumb. A hundred percent. But the disservice to Shmi is going to get overlooked, and it's criminal what they did to that character. <laughs> it really bummed me out, dude. Because Jim Gaffigan's a comedian. Like, they could have had a lot of fun with that. It's just, I'm going to be the only guy who's, you're pounding the table for representation. I'm pounding the table for Shmi representation. All right. <laughs> because it's really upsetting, and it it it's not good. Make Shmi great again? Make Shmi great again, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Tinkerbell. In the original, it's, it's a character. She doesn't talk, but she's got a ridiculous amount of attitude throughout just like body language and stuff. Doesn't her Wendy like is hates Wendy, Wendy? hates yeah. Wendy has a thing for Peter, but is way too small for him. <laughs> hates Wendy like yanks on her hair and like fights. And there's just like, there's some tension there throughout the entire film. There's none <laughs> of that. It's just like girl power. And they just like support each other. Yeah. That's a bummer. Cause that takes away all the life of the character. Like I think girl power is good. Sure, but I, like I like a little bit of I like a little attitude. You know what I like should, more than girl power? What? Interesting characters. Don't make the women take a back seat and be boring to where no one cares about them in your movie. She could have had attitude towards Peter Pan. She could have. That would have been great. That would have been better than this. I want her and Wendy teaming up against that Peter Pan. Give me something, but that stunk. I think that's a better way to do it because I, 
I think their their intent was to be like, let's not do the classic fighting over a boy thing. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah, sure. You you took away the character's entire character. Yeah. So at least if you're not going to use it in that, you could still use that character towards something else. A million percent. Make him attitude towards Peter because he's a fucking kidnapper. But she's just a nothing burger in this movie. Yeah. And then Peter, I'm shocked that you like the actor. I did not say I liked him. I said I didn't hate him. It was fine. Shockingly, not as bad as I thought was my my quote. And I agree. Not as bad as I thought. Mm -hmm. But your big time, like, cocky kid gets on your. I cocky kid. I I I just just said that Adam Pan was the worst character of all time. Or the worst. Yeah. And, like, that's all that this character is. It's just, like, cocky kid knows better than everyone. Like, doesn't really learn anything at the end. Like, takes his, his hostages back, but then is like, I'll still go to Neverland and just go fight Captain Hook forever. But I'm still going to keep No, Captain- he was fishing Hook out. He was helping Hook out of the water. Was he helping him? I don't remember. I think he went back to fight. You think so? I think he went back to fight. Like, hey, round two, old man. Get your ass on the beach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you like him. I think the issue- I didn't like him. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't, like- Despise him? Aggressively hate him. <laughs> I should say, because I think that like the issue with these characters when you try and switch them over a lot of the times too, is like when you're doing animation, all of it's adults. Yeah. Like it's always an adult doing a kid's voice, but an adult who's like a trained professional in acting and can portray emotion and everything much better than children. Mm -hmm. And then when you do a live action, you just have to cast a child. Mm hmm. And yeah. that really, it's hard to give good performances. Um, I know a lot of people talked about this with the HBO, like The Last of Us, and they're concerned because, like, everything's adults in the video games. Like, it's all grown adults who, yeah, maybe it's a teenager, but, like, it's an adult who does this for a living and knows how to do this really well. And then when you switch it over, it's a younger actress who maybe isn't as good at it. Like, I thought she was good, but I've only watched three episodes. The Last of Us? Yeah. She's wonderful in it, but that was people's concern going in. Got it. Um, and there's a lot of that with this, like some of the lines he delivers as Peter Pan, like the snarky kid, like it just kind of feels forced and gross. Yeah. And I just think overall, uh, this really bummed me out. I like Alan Tudyk. I hate that he was just the dad. Okay. Cause I like him and stuff. <laughs> Great. I'm glad. Uh, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I only see him in a few things too, but I don't know. He's in Moana. He should have been Captain Hook. He would have been a good hook. And just let Jude Law, like, not be in this. Yeah. Jude Law. Bad bad on his agent. I I was at a score, and I think I'm... Is Alan Tudyk in the Jason Reed lookalike family? Yeah, no, he's your uncle. He's definitely like Me, that. Me, uh, Joe Burrow, and one of the Scars guards. I don't remember which Bill. one it was. Yeah, Bill's he's, he's in the family. For sure. For sure. sure. Cool. Got another family member. Got the same facial shape. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. What'd you give it? It's kind of crazy. I was like, really? <laughs> um, uh, what'd you, you said you gave it a, I'm, my score shouldn't impact you at all. Just I know I'm stuck in between two and I want to be consistent. Oh, let me do this. What did I give this score? For? I gave that, that score. I gave that, Great radio that score. Yeah, we're going back to the other Pinocchio score. I think that's consistent. I gave Pinocchio a four for characters. Uh, I'm giving this movie a four for characters. Okay. Really, You really hated Tom Hanks in that, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, I did. I really did. But that was like a that was a one man show, and he was fucking terrible. Whereas this, like, there was a lot of moving parts, and all of them just kind of stunk. Fair. It's fair enough. Also, Shmi. <laughs> Shmi to service. Oh, enjoyment, Ty. How much did you enjoy Peter Pan and Wendy? More than you would think, honestly. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it's not like a one, two, or three. Like, it's not like a bottom barrel score. I, I, for whatever reason, like, it was fine. Okay, it was watchable. Um, I'm shitting on a lot of it, and I, like, I, I do think it's... It's a middle of the road Disney live action. Like they've definitely done worse, mm-hmm. and like this one, you get in, you get out. It's very simple. It's bad story, bad acting, but like nothing that like is appalling. To mm-hmm. where I'm like, I need to turn this off. What the fuck am I watching? I don't have anything to add to our bad scene list. No, this week. No, which like sometimes that can help enjoyment, but the fact that it's not on there is crazy to me. On what? That there wasn't a bad scene. Yeah, like there's nothing that stands out to me where I'm like, this was this was atrocious. Yeah. Um, which remind me about this this section later after I get my score. Don't let me forget about it. Uh, I finished with a seven out of twenty. Remind you of what? Sorry, the bad score scenes thing. Okay. Unrelated to this movie, but don't let me forget. Okay. I finished with a seven out of twenty. Like it was fine. Wow. I would say it's like a okay Disney live action. None of them are good. This one's fine. Few of them are good. This one's fine. I will say I didn't hate this movie. And as I mentioned earlier, my hate is from one to five. So it naturally can't fall into one and five. It's just like nothing happens. I'm never going to watch this again. Um, yeah. It just, it wasn't, you know, very good, but like I didn't outright hate it or despise it. So for that reason, I landed at a six out of 20 tie. Um, and it's always a bad sign. I was looking up while you were talking. You can't find the budget for this film anywhere. No. Because I was going to ask you, can you believe they spent X amount of dollars on this film? <laughs> I love that you didn't even know how much they spent, but you already knew it was too much. And I don't know how much that was, but whatever it was, it's just horrible. Imagine it's just like a, like a, $100 million probably. $500,000 budget. Well, it's got to be more than that with uh, Mr. Jude Law. I mean, he's not an A-lister, but... Uh, he... I don't know. Does he get a mill? I don't really know how much actors get paid, admittedly. I don't either. Also, look up uh, the director, David Lowry. Um, he doesn't always have a mustache, but when he does, it's Kenneth Bra levels of mustache. Yeah? Yeah. It's He's in the mustache hall of fame with Mr. Bernal. David Lowry? David Lowry. Some of his pictures, he has a beard. When he has the stash, yeah, he's got a he's got a beard. That's a great stash. That's a nice stash. <laughs> so that's an old dude. I don't know who that is. What? That's just scruffy beard. Scruffy beard. He he's gone to the scruffy beard thing. When you have a mustache that good, you don't just give up on it. Yeah, I agree. That's upsetting. There's only one picture on IMDb of him with that mustache, and it's a goddamn great mustache. <laughs> I don't know if it's Mr. Bernal levels. <laughs> Kenneth Bernal. <laughs> because that's just incredible, but it's a pretty goddamn good mustache. I respect a man who can rock a mustache well. It's Kenneth Bernal as the detective Poirier or whatever his name was. Because Kenneth Bernal doesn't always have a mustache. But when he does, 
Oh, baby. It's like it's too, it's double layered. There's two layers to his mustache. That's impressive. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's layered. It's it's thick and got the thin. Soul patch. It's shaped. I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's just so good. What'd you give? What was your final score? You know what'll be heartbreaking is if I find out this mustache is a prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fake mustache. I will. Go I will and, never recover emotionally. We won't review the next one because they're making another. Yeah, one. we won't review it. God, I can't wait to see what his mustache looks like in the next film. <laughs> what did you ask me? I gave it a twenty-eight out of one hundred. Ty, that's a really bad score. It is. It really <laughs> is. I'm on a 31. It's not like I'm any, you know, the first number changes, but it's still a really bad score. Final score, 29 and a half out of 100, making this the 168th rated film out of 179. It is with the likes of Cry Macho and Holmes and Watson. That's great company. That's really bad. Artemis Fowl, five points behind. Drop Dead Fred, Me Time, Tom and Jerry. We gave it worse than Mulan. We gave it. Where is Pinocchio? Oh, higher. very slightly higher. At a forty. I gave it a forty-four. You gave it a thirty-six. Yeah. Because so the visuals in Pinocchio are at least a little bit better. Like there was that cool scene when they went to the like island, the cool island. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, yeah. Cinematography is my high score. I gave Pinocchio an eleven. Yeah. For cinematography, that definitely carries it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's uh it's a bummer. I'm not bummed out because I think the original sucks too, but original's a good movie. This could have been fun. It's not. It falls significantly below the line. Oh draw yeah. the line. It draws yeah, we draw the line. Don't we see draw this the film. line on this movie. It's free, it's on streaming. Don't see this film. Only see this film if you want to take a nap and you want your child to stay awake. I don't even know if the kid'll stay awake though. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to test it. Before I give you a random Audience score, Rotten Tomato movie tie. What was your bad movie scene thing? Thank you, Jay. So it's come to my attention, and I haven't watched this week's episode, but we're big Ted Lasso guys. Oh, the scene's not as bad as people are making it seem. I've watched the scene. It's not that bad. I didn't have that. I didn't have those feelings when I watched it the first time. So I haven't watched it all the way through, but there's a scene where it's about like celebrities and taking nude pictures and everything. And it's just, it's clipped and it's circling around Twitter. And it seems really bad. It seems like the word. It seems like the writer strike started right it's on not. track in, for the dialogue. In on that the scene. in the grand scheme of the episode, it didn't stand out to me. It really didn't. Okay, again, haven't watched the episode. Haven't. I've only seen it out of context. But you also saw it in the context of people saying, "Look how bad the scene is." I think that naturally makes you a little biased. Maybe, but like, if I'm looking for how bad a scene is, then I watch it. I'm like, ugh. And I'm a big Ted Lasso guy. I was ready to fucking stand up and be like, hey, fuck you. This season's been cinematic masterpiece. Emotional roller coaster. It's been incredible. You're right. But it's not that bad, I don't think. But you have to watch the whole episode. Let me know what you think. Okay. I don't think it I belongs just, in there. I'm just putting it here like, does is there, if it's like a show that we're both concurrently watching, does that make the cut for absurd scenes I know. I think it has to be a reviewed movie. Okay. That's fine. I just saw it. People were talking about it. I feel like it'd be... You know, elephant in the room if we didn't bring it up. <laughs> Random Rods made a movie score. Audience score. So the the Peter Pan movie. 
I saw a review for it that said this movie was so boring it made me want to watch Hook, so I just went and started watching Hook. You watched Hook? I haven't. That's what the review said. Oh, okay. The film Hook <laughs> with Robin Williams. I love that. <laughs> Have you seen that film? No. Me neither. I know of it, though. Um, Robin Williams plays an adult Peter Pan, which goes against the entire ideology of never growing up. I thought he played Hook. Nope. No, that's where you're wrong. I did, too, and then I looked it up. He plays Peter. Wow, that changes everything about how I feel felt about it. I'll be goddamned when Captain James Hook. <laughs> the synopsis for Hook. So it took his last name. He still got James. Hook is flipped also. It's uh, 29% critics, 76 audience. That's not the score I'm going with. But stay off Robin Williams, Rotten Tomatoes, please. My bad. I just jumped on the hook. Um, on IMDb. I'm not even on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how safe I want to be. I'm doing the film Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, that's the... What's the Eddie Murphy movie where he does? No, I'm thinking of something different. He's what's just the, the nanny. Mur- yeah, what's the Eddie Murphy movie where he plays like everyone in it? Jorbit? I think he does yeah, it in Jorbit, it. but I think there's a more popular one. But I think he does do it in Jorbit. Yeah. I don't know why I thought this was a Robin Williams playing every character, but because he plays a nanny. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy played a female because he played everyone in Jorbit. They should okay. do another one of those where someone just plays everyone. Uh, they made fun of it in Tropic Thunder with uh, that was like Jack Black. That years ago. And it's called The Fatties. Jack Black played all the different people <laughs> in the family. They're a large family. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, Ty. <sighs> Over 250,000, as always, audience reviews slash ratings. 1993 kids and family comedy. Now, as someone who doesn't respect Robin Williams as Genie, you. Oh, okay. Not me, you. Um, I don't think you would choose a movie where Robin Williams was loved and, and got good praise for. I think you, I think you really enjoyed seeing a low score here. I have nothing against Robin Williams. You just, you like, you like, uh, the, the noted public assaulter as genie more than Robin Williams. I've never seen the original Aladdin. Will Smith is my genie. Sorry. That's just how it works. Okay. <laughs> I grew up with him. <laughs> um, uh, again, I don't think it's a good movie either, though, is the thing. I've never seen it, but I just know he plays, like, I think there's, like, an emotional scene. He plays Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, but I think there's, like, an emotional scene. Everyone loves Robin Williams. This is the audience score, though. Like, how much does that weigh into this, you know? I don't know. That's for you to decide. It's like Cats. I don't know what its audience score is, but that's got to be like heavily boosted by Taylor Swift fans who are just like, I'm going to say I like this even <laughs> if I hated it. I think Robin Williams had that kind of fanhood back then where people are just going to like, that's fucking, that's Williams, baby. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> We're going to go, I'm not looking up the thing. I'm, I'm, you'll understand why I'm typing right now. Because uh, you're cheating. I'm not. I We're going LeBron James. What number is LeBron James six. before the Lakers? Before the Lakers. We're going, really? <laughs> I was going to say 34. We're going Bryce Harper back from Tommy John, 160, 34%. 34%? Yeah, I think people hate this movie. Ty, this is known as like a beloved classic. No. Is it? 77%. I really, oh, percent my God, that's very court. high. I really thought it was like the... Now I gotta type that, find out the Eddie Murphy movie where he plays all the characters because I thought it was that situation. No, people like this movie. It's got a seventy critics, seventy-seven audience. What 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 audience critics? Seventy. People like this movie. Damn. Yeah, I don't know why you're you're hating on it, but I really think I got I got fucking crossed up with the Eddie Murphy. <laughs> 
a completely unrelated film that has nothing to do with this. Is this Norbit? What is this? Nutty Professor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Nutty Professor, he plays a lot of people. That just feels like so much work. Professor Sherman Clump, Buddy Love, Lance Perkins, Cletus Papa Clump, Anna Pearl, Mama Jensen Clump, Ida May, Granny Jensen, Ernie Clump Sr. Ernie Clump Sr. character, yeah. But he also did it in uh, the movie I mentioned, Jorbit, I'm pretty sure. Norbit? Norbit. Jorbit. Jorbit Vivas. That's a Dodgers prospect. He played <laughs> Norbit, Rasputia, Mr. Wong, writer and producer. Damn. So he's done it multiple times. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really fucked that one up. I'm surprised you chose a movie where Robin Williams was loved. I have nothing against Robin Williams. I like Robin Williams. Okay. Just because I don't like Bill Murray doesn't mean I don't like Robin Williams. Feels like they also get lumped together a little bit, though. People really like this fucking movie. I'll be honest, it doesn't seem like a good movie. I've never watched it. Because you're a hater, Ty. What do we got next week? Oh, next week, Jay, we got a banger. What is it? Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm not excited for it. it. No. Jay. People are calling it the best of the trilogy. Great. What's got you down? Why why aren't you excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Five years ago, I'd be seeing this tomorrow night. Now, I don't know when I'm going to see it. I might just like get a torrented version on my computer. No, you won't. What's got you down? Why don't you? Why don't you want to see this? Why don't you? Because care? Marvel sucked ass recently, Ty. Yeah, but this is different. This is Guardians, dog. It's gonna be good. I don't know. Man. And people are actually like saying it's good. They're not using like vague terms like it was really ambitious. Seventy-seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes isn't that good. It's actually up to an eighty. Eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes is, eh. Well, you gotta account for the five percent who are vigorously offended that they said fuck. I don't think there's actual people that are offended they said that. I don't think there is either. People are saying it's good. It's a fun time. I'm hoping... It's two and a half hours of Guardians. I hope I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I hope I'm not... I'm not not trying to like it. And I could come in next week and be head over heels because my I'm letting my guard down. I'm I'm feeling bad. And then it's going to be amazing. And maybe I give it a oh, 100. Which would be wild. Do you think we'll ever give it a 100 to a movie? It's just so hard. It could happen, though. One of these days, it could happen. It's so hard to get there. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, like, what a movie we haven't reviewed that would be the close. For me, La La Land's probably the closest to 100. I'll be honest, I think it probably gets a higher score than Infinity War for me if we ever did it on the scale. Do you think it's a 98 or a 99 or a 100? Yeah, for me, because... La La Land. Yes, because the story's so good, the key elements are so good, the visuals are so fucking good. It's one of my favorite movies ever, so the enjoyment's up there, and the performance got two Oscars. Yeah, I I genuinely do. I can't refute that. I've never seen La La Land. It's, I mean... Honestly, I I think it's my highest rated movie ever, if I just go. Maybe Strays will beat it out. I would love that. It's just the most incredible cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Will Ferrell voicing a dog. Crying to laughing to the best CGI you've ever seen to then very serious like stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. Some heartwarming stories. Um, and Oscar winning voice acting performances <laughs> that makes you change your opinion on the the genre and the, the profession as a whole. Yeah. That would be that would be great. I would like that. That'd be awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, though. I'm excited, Ty. No, you're not. You just said I you know. weren't. I know. I just... Why are you lying? Because 
podcast brain. I just you get in these ruts where you just say the same things every week. God, it's not like it's a sponsor where we have to be like, oh, I love this product. Like, <laughs> I'm not excited. You're not. Excited. I'm not excited, and that I'm makes not. me not happy. But I'm excited, and I can't wait, and it's gonna be fun. And I don't know the next time I'll be as excited for a movie except for four weeks after when we review Spider Man. Yeah, there's a run of movies coming up. Should I go through? Should I go through a little bit? If you want, there's we'll a run of movies. So we got the even banger, if they're not great, they're we got the banger movie Crater next week. I don't, I don't fucking know what that is. We got Fast X coming up, Little Mermaid, Spider Man, The Flash, Indiana Jones Five, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbies, The Marvels. Are we gonna do a double feature podcast to go along with the double feature? We have to, I think. I've been we're so I'm going to see Guardians at the drive-in this week just because mm-hmm. Victoria wants to see it, and it's a real pain in the ass trying to take a baby to the movie theater. Crater is a Disney film, by the way, Disney Plus. Continue. Um, which I didn't even bring up on the podcast last week that no. uh, my my sister's boyfriend kicked us out of a movie theater because he's a manager there, and you can't take a child to a R-rated movie past six o'clock. Didn't know that. I wasn't going to bring this up. Do you remember like four weeks ago I was complaining about there being a baby in a theater and I said, who the fuck brings their baby to an R-rated movie at seven o'clock at night? I, was, I mean, that makes sense. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know it was R-rated. I didn't, I, A, didn't think anyone was going to see it. I just B, thought it was funny. The Didn't think it was R-rated. And also I was sitting right by the exit, so he cried, but he's also a really quiet baby. Your baby, baby. doesn't cry, yeah. Exactly, so I wasn't worried about it. But I, just th- I thought it was, the irony of it was funny. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we're rocking the drive-in again. Um. I might go out of my way to go to the drive-in for Oppenheimer Barbie because they'll definitely do a double feature. Yeah. And we'll just watch it back to back. And it'll be six hours of movie. But I'm saying, are we going to do a double feature or two episodes? I don't know. We'll see. Yes. Not in one episode, but. Yes. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> but next <laughs> week we got Guardians Volume 3. Correct. Can't wait for that. You got anything else, Jay? I do not. Go watch that movie. Everyone's going to be watching that movie. Go get your tickets. I just say go watch. Everyone's going to watch. Yeah. Go get your tickets. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.